0: I am not going good at this at all, but two hands up in the air is like a 10, okay? But anywhere in between is where you could be. Could I get everyone to engage, just to show each one of us how are you personally going with the Daniel plan, okay? Where are you on your scale? Where are you on your scale? Come on, I can't see everyone's hands yet. There's a lot of people denying it. They're not even registering on the scale yet. What is it? And then just move your hands up and down like this, everyone. That's it. Move your hands up and down like this. Gra, oh, thank don't worship me jesus is the one we need to worship that's okay hey what a great morning uh, who's enjoying the cold oh man what wow that's some um, interesting enjoying the cold it's been freezing um, at our house we don't have really good insulation so um i actually realized um, just kids close put your fingers in your ears for a second i realized we had a real cold snap there years ago and we had no tv or electricity And then years later, I found out why we had so many kids for. Today, we're going to have a look at the God factor. God's power in your life through faith. All right, so here we go. So I'm actually hoping and trusting that there's something in this for all of us. Um, Whether you don't know Jesus, and you're just sort of sussing out this whole um, church and God and Jesus and religion thing. Or or perhaps maybe you're here today and... um, You've been struggling a little bit you know god but you've just been struggling with him a little bit struggling with life or perhaps you you might be here today and you're you're on fire for god you you know god and 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 you want to just grab some more tools and sharpen you in your life so i just want to share a few things really quickly that might stir something in each one of us and and at the end of this we're going to have an opportunity where where we all get to experience and encounter the power of the living God. And so so hopefully there's something in here that stirs you. So here we go, right here. So one thing in life I've realized is, not just one thing, I've learned more than just one thing, but one thing that I have learned in life is that how we respond. So we need to ask ourselves, what is my response? We face many different situations in life day to day. Some small and some large. But how do we face those that come to the big picture questions? Those that deal with perhaps spirituality or or church or religion or, or God. How do we go when we face each one of those? How often can we see these things being pushed away so easily? And we can ignore all this and just form our own opinions on it. From what we might have even heard or we might even be totally complacent about it not care about it at all how often do we hear "Oh, that whole God thing that might be alright for you but that's not for me don't tell me about that sort of stuff how is it that we as humans especially in this Western society can get so fixated on the natural on the things that we can that we can touch and, and, and smell and taste and hear and feel and be part of we get so fixated on how we look at the world through our eyes and our own thoughts we can become so self-focused thinking life is actually all about us our wants our needs and we can get caught in the I need to get ahead mentality and we do it through things or stuff if only I could get that job or that career then if only I could get that new car, then. Oh, maybe if I had a bigger house or we did extensions on the house, then. Maybe if I had that new phone, then. Huh. Interesting, isn't it, that the, one of the biggest marketing companies in the world today has tapped straight into that market, the iPhone, the iPad. And funny enough, isn't it, that the symbol for that company is an apple with a bite out of it hmm makes you think nothing wrong with stuff but are we mastered by it so we saw a few weeks ago brad huddleston came to church here and he talked about technology and stuff in our lives and are we being mastered by it really great messaging and you can hear that on the um one of the, one of the podcasts um, on the catalyst church website so are we so consumed with having to pay things off whether it be our mortgage, or our, or our car, or our electricity, personal loans, whatever it is, that we sometimes we have to feel like we just need to keep on working more and more and harder and harder, putting more and more strain on our relationships, and on our family, and on life in general, that we just get so tired of having to keep up with it all. On and on it can go, and it can feel like we're just trying to survive. Do you sometimes feel like you're just coping? running on your own energy or lack of energy do you feel tired a lot or perhaps get fatigued really easy and just get wiped out and perhaps you just want to veg out all the time or perhaps you just can't wait for holidays to come around and then when they finally come you have a week or two off and you get to the end of it and and you don't actually feel that rested or refreshed at all and you even start dreading the thought of having to go back to work again or to school or uni or whatever it is that you've got to face. The norm, the day-to-day, the boring, the mundane. Or maybe you're a parent with young children and you're just struggling with sleep or support through this busy time. Or perhaps you just feel like you're stuck in a rut. Are we just existing Or are we truly living life to the fullest? I love in John 10.10, where Jesus says that Satan comes to steal and destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it to its fullest. So in this promise, Jesus makes available to every single one of us the resource that we all need to plug into that powers us up each day. A fuel to pour in that starts and runs the motor of true life each day. An unlimited supply that never runs out and is always available to each and every single one of us. The Bible tells us that this is the same mighty power that formed the universe, the stars, the moon, the sky, the heavens, this world and the beautiful nature that we get to enjoy on a daily basis. Also the relationships that we have with each other. The same mighty power that knits together a life in a mother's womb. The same mighty power that heals and restores a broken life gone astray. The same mighty power that can take all of humanity's sin and wrongdoing and put it down where it belongs, in hell, and bring back to life from the dead the one whom we as Christians put our faith and our trust in. Soon, at the end of this when I'm speaking, we're all going to have the chance to receive fresh or anew that mighty power. So how do we start or how do we continue in this life-giving promise from Jesus? God invites, we respond god invites by his grace we respond by faith god invites all of us by his loving grace no matter who we are and what we've done he invites every single person into the opportunity to live life to the fullest both now and for eternity to come with him and our response Our response, it all starts with faith. It all starts with having a soft mind and a soft heart and being open to potentially hear from the creator of your life. Jesus said you only need a little faith. And Jesus wants to know, how will you respond? By being open to the possibility of Jesus and his claim to life to the fullest both here and now and for eternity and receiving his offer of grace to start anew, to start afresh, living the past in the past and being empowered by his spirit to grow into the fullness of what he has created before. I love in Romans 4.20, we're reminded there that Abraham's faith did not leave him And he did not doubt God's promise. Instead, his faith filled him with power. See, faith and trust are so closely aligned. When we put our faith in something, we're actually saying that we trust in that. And we do it on a daily basis on the chairs that you're sitting on, perhaps in our car when we're driving, that our car will be safe and secure, that our brakes will actually work when we put our foot on the pedal. We trust in our house that's going to keep us warm. On these cold nights and keep us sheltered we trust in people that they're going to treat us right so we use trust every single day whether it be on a little scale or a large scale we're using trust all the time trust can be easy for some but for others it can make us really anxious especially depending on the life or the season that you feel like you're in or the hardships around us or uncertain times that we may face can make some more anxious than others but how do we go trusting in the bigger things in life how do we go trusting in the things that really matter to each one of us personally as individuals trusting in the things of our heart and our character the center of who we are our mind and our thoughts and our processes Our soul, the living part of who we are that goes on for eternity. Our strength and our attitudes to match it. What are we putting our trust or faith in? That can actually help us to live life the best way we possibly can. Not just being a passenger of life, just going along with it, being swept in whatever direction that it takes you but actually being an active part of this one life that God gives each of us. Being a player on the field that's set before us and having the game of our lives. And then we're on our deathbed having no regrets, but ready to step into eternal life when we meet our maker face to face. So faith and trust are so closely aligned. So how do we grow? How do we grow in this faith or this trust in Jesus, the one who holds the keys to both death and life? Well, today we're going to look at four ways. And these are just four ways amongst so many ways that we could look at. And and we could probably even spend a whole year discovering the truths about faith and trusting in God. But these are just four. um, And we need to understand that we need to apply trust in God because whatever we want God to empower us for we need to trust in him for see our trust is in Jesus so we live by trusting the process of whatever he brings to our attention and work through it by his strength with his power his joy his patience his understanding his peace his commitment and his perseverance so let's start working through these these uh, notes that you've got there faith is an action word here we go faith is an action word it's a verb it's a doing word i always like verbs it was one of the only things i I really picked up in in english when i was a child and and doing english i used to think why do i want to learn what all these pronouns and nouns and adjectives and whatever else and, and how to construct all these things. Why? What's the big deal with English? I never actually want to go to England. <laughs> so faith is an action word. It's a verb. It's a doing word. Faith is actually putting into action what we truly value. Faith isn't just hearing and believing, but it's doing something about it. I love in Hebrews 11:1. 1 it describes faith so well it says faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see so let's have a look at these four ways of how faith can help us grow in our lives so number one here we go faith is choosing and believing God's dream for my life faith is choosing and believing God's dream for my life see it all starts with a dream It starts with an idea. It starts with a vision. What does God want to do in my life? And I love in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. If we don't have a dream or something to hope for, something better, then we slowly die from the inside out. There's a lot of things that we can delegate to other people. You get your wife or your husband to do it. You get your kids to do it. You can pay someone to do it. You would get a friend to do it. You would get a youth leader to do it for you. You could get anyone to do something for you. But there's one thing that you just can't get someone else to do. You can't ask anyone else to have faith in God for you. That's something that you have to decide for yourself. That's a choice that you have to make. You trust God as much as you choose. Whether you decide to trust God a little or whether you try, decide to trust God a lot. It's totally your choice. So how do we get God's dream for our life? I love this passage in Ephesians 3.20. It says, God by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more, everyone say far more, far more than we would ever dare, or ask, or even dream of. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. God says, think of the biggest dream that you could ever think of. Guess what, I can top it, I can beat it, I can do something so much better than that. It will blow you away, something so much bigger, bigger than the wildest, biggest dream that you could ever think of in your life. I love how the Bible describes that God is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the author and perfecter of our lives. So if God designed each one of us as unique individuals, and we've got so much evidence in our fingerprints or in the colored part of our eye or our voices that describe us as a one-off, a one-of-a-kind that ever was in all of eternity, that ever is now and ever is to come. A unique individual. So when God designed each one of us as unique individuals, He designed each of us for a uniquely individual role and purpose that He wants you to play in your life. God wants you to be yourself because everyone else is taken. I love in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's created each one of us with an amazing plan in mind. And it's up to us to seek Him in a personal relationship. An intimate personal relationship to discover His glory for our life. But remember, we've got an enemy. One of Satan's favorite tools is, you can't do that. Don't be stupid. Just, just don't even start it. Give up now. You can't do that. you will be, be silly. You look stupid. Because Satan wants to keep us stuck in fear and realizing our full potential. So if we're going to have God's favor in our life, we need to trust in God's promises so allow God to place a big dream in your heart but remember we overestimate what we can achieve in a year Darren pointed this out to us the other week we overestimate what we can achieve in a year but we underestimate what we can achieve in 10 so sometimes we set such big goals and we put so much pressure on ourselves to achieve it in the one year and then we feel like we fail and we go oh well I'm not going to try as hard next year but God says hey put a big dream in your heart and take a long time to do it and do it step by step, bit by bit. The other thing we need to ask ourselves is what are we gifted at? What are our spiritual gifts? What am I shaped to do? What's in my heart? What's my abilities? What's in your personality or your experiences of life? What makes you you? We need to look at ourselves and be honest and say, What's in my heart, God? What do you want me to do? What am I gifted to do? What are my abilities? But be honest. You might be optimistic, but also realistic at the same time. Right out. that's number one. So faith is choosing and believing God's dream for my life. Here we go. Number two, faith is being willing to risk failure. Are we going to go there? Yeah, we're going to go there. Faith is being willing to risk failure failure it's being willing to go after the dream that God's put inside your heart and your mind See, so you can't go after a dream without some sort of risk is that right Yet there's going to always be an element of risk when we go after something when we go after a, dr- a dream and generally if it's a dream from God it's going to be so huge there's going to be risk involved in it it's going to take faith on our behalf but God wants us to live by faith yeah So, he wants us to rely on him to outwork the big dream that he's put in our lives. We're going to need to rely on his strength and on his patience to achieve the dream that he's put there. In Acts 15, it says, They risked their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. They risked their lives. How often are we risking our lives for the name of Jesus? When we really step out of our comfort zone with God guiding us, then we really see Him move in amazing ways. Have you ever risked anything for God? Have a look at the turtle. He only advances when he sticks his neck out. Don't be afraid to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is see failure is no big deal so what You just get up and you try again that's how we learn because now we know what doesn't work failure is steps to success we live our lives ruled by God not by fear we need to allow God to rule and reign in our life and trust the process even if it's difficult and even if there is failure because God grows us, especially through the hard times. Who hates hearing that? God grows us through the hard times. We don't want to face the hard times sometimes, do we? We like to avoid it and say, oh, no, 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 no. No, I'll take the easy way. But God wants to outwork His glory in us, growing and shaping our character in those hard times. When it's a dream from God, it doesn't mean there's not going to be any fear. There will be. Because it means that we need to trust in faith, in God. What he brings you to, he'll bring you through. Another tool of Satan is his fear of human opinion disables. What will other people think? I'll look dumb. I'll look stupid. I'll be rejected. The King James Version says this, the fear of man is a snare it's a trap the moment you or I start worrying about what other people think we are dead in the water the moment we start worrying about what other people think we're out of the game we're on the bench we cannot serve God and be constantly worrying about what other people think the moment we start worrying about what others think it's over so we have to move forward we have to close those gaps of fear that can challenge us and that can even paralyze us into living life we all have to learn to live for an audience of one God I'm gonna focus on you I think this is a dream you've given me I'm gonna go after that dream I'm not gonna worry about the criticisms or the compliments I'm just gonna keep on going goals Goals are based on what you believe God can do, not what you believe you can do. The size of your God should determine the size of your goal. And Darren had a great message on that a couple of weeks ago. You can also see that on the podcast as well. So how do we get rid of this fear of failure? How do we eliminate this? Well, here's just a quick, simple two ways we can get rid of fear of failure we can redefine failure. Failure is actually steps to success. What failure is, it's not having a goal. Failure is, it's not trying. Failure is, it's not getting back up when you get knocked down. And number two, how can we get rid of this fear of failure is don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't compare yourself to others. It just leads to discouragement or pride and God can't stand pride. See God's called each one of us to be the best that we can be, that only we can be in the best roles that we play. He wants us to be the best husband to our wives. He wants us to be the best wives to our husbands. He wants us to be the best parents to our kids. He wants us to be the best kids to our parents. He wants us to be the best friends to our friends, or He wants us to serve people when we're working and be the best that we can wherever we work, whether we're a doctor or, or a builder or a plumber or a nurse or teacher or whatever it is that we do in life. He wants us to be the best that we are in our role that we do. Remember, only you can be Hugh because everyone else is taken. When we meet with god we don't want him saying to us why weren't you who i made you to be in galatians 6 4 each one should test his own actions then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else that's a god i'm proud of what you're doing in my life because you're helping me grow you're working in me holy spirit thank you it's not a I'm proud because I'm better than that person. I believe God is going to say to each one of us, what did you do with what you were given? That's what us believers will be judged on. Did you use the talents I gave you? The abilities I gave you? Did you grow? Did you trust me? See, we're not called to be the best in the world. You're called to be the best that God made you to be. I would hate to get to the end of my life, and God were to show me what I could have accomplished with my life if I'd just believed or trusted in him just that little bit more, and maybe even stepped out. Those times that I was prompted by him and not held back. So let go of the fear of failure. Because anything you're doing, anything you're attempting for God in love and in faith, God says that's a thing regardless of the results so let go of the fear and let God do his thing let go let God I love in 1 John 4 18 it says perfect love drives out all fear so when we live in a fully trusting relationship with Jesus in his perfect love it drives out all fear of failing How are we going so far? That's point number two. In it. Faith has been willing to risk failure. Russ, can I invite you up here for a second? I think we've been sitting down too long. Russ has got something for each of us.
1: Let's give Russ a clap, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Sometimes we can uh, fall short of our potential for God because we're stressed or our body's under stress. Um, who has gets sore neck and shoulders or they get tight? Particularly, yeah. Well, I just wanted to show you a 10 second trick just to, or tip just to relax that. So if you wouldn't mind just standing up please. And as you breathe in, just pull your, your shoulders up to your ears, roll them back, and then slowly drop them, tucking your tummy and your chin, slowly drop your shoulders and breathe out. Okay, this is a shoulder shrug. Just try it again, okay? Just bring your shoulders up, back, and then slowly drop them, tucking your tummy and your chin. Okay, that's perfect posture. Okay, that's how we should stand. If that's a little bit painful or uncomfortable for you, well, then we, you might have to do it more. Or roll your shoulders and... But this relaxes all your neck. Your, your head isn't um, <laughs> holding your... Well, your neck isn't holding your head up, which is a couple of kilos, which puts strain on your back. So if you can just remember to do that... That can relax you one more thing just before you sit down you take a big deep breath and blow really hard out oh, thanks that's that's good cool. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks ross good
0: on your ass grab your seats everyone it's good okay we're gonna dive straight back in because of time we need to sort of just keep punching through these right Our number three on our notes is faith is expecting god to use me here we go let's bring it home now god in philippians 1. Paul says, I expect and hope that I will not fail Christ in anything, but I will have the courage now to show the greatness of Christ in my life here on earth, whether I live or die. Paul's an unreal example, isn't he? He just goes hard at it. He just wants God to use him and expects God to use him. He says, God, I want you to use me no matter what it looks like. A lot of time... God does use us with amazing outcomes. We see amazing things happen around us when God is working through us. But sometimes it's real hard. That's okay. Because it's for God's purposes. And we get eternal rewards from it. We're building up a treasure in heaven that we will receive multiplied compared to anything that we receive here on earth, right? So attitude... Our attitude is a key part of allowing God to use us. We have an attitude of, of praise and worshipping Him. We have an attitude of spending time with Him, tuned into His plans and His thoughts by reading the Word and, and studying it and going, Yes, God, I want to know more of who You are. And by this we expect Him then to work in us and through us. See, God wants to work in each one of us with His Holy Spirit guiding us And in this, we see our lives being transformed and we receive His blessings. And He also wants to work His plan out through us as well. And we again see the blessings in other people's lives affected around us. But remember, nothing great generally is accomplished without enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, I love that word because uh, Philip unpacked it from the Greek meaning, in god the greek is en where enthusiasm comes from it is in god so when we show enthusiasm for god's plan in our lives we're actually bringing glory to god but remember we do this while being humble not allowing pride to get a foothold and sometimes also the bigger or the more that god uses us the bigger the target we can actually become and so sometimes we get criticized unjustly. So what's our response to that? Two Corinthians 6:8. It says, "We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or whether they praise us." We don't pay attention to either, as we're running the race of life over in the stands there's always going to be the people who are cheering us on yeah go go you're doing a great job and there will always be the people who will be booing us and saying oh yeah who do you think you are yeah and they'll be always wanting to pull us down they're giving criticism criticisms or they're giving compliments what do we do we don't listen to the criticisms obviously and we don't look for the compliments Absolutely, we're to encourage one another and build each other up in our faith. But we don't base our life on this, whether we get it or not. We keep our eye on the goal and we keep moving forward. So you watch your life when you ask for God and you expect God to use you. You watch your life take off and those around you affected by it to what what God entrusts you actually for. And when you see people's lives transformed around you, before your very eyes. When you allow God to work in you and through you, and you don't hold back because of the fear or the opinions of others. We need to believe God for a bigger picture, a bigger plan than we've ever believed before. We just need to say, come on, God, here we go. Here's my life. God, you take over. Here's my reputation. You call the shots from here. I'm just going to trust you from here on out. You take the wheel, Lord. You be the boss of my life. I'm putting on a sign that says I'm under new management. God, you're in charge of my life and I'm not. So faith is expecting God to use you. Right now, number four. Here we go. We're bringing it home now. Number four. Faith is never giving up. It's never giving up. Jesus is at the steering wheel of your life you don't have to worry about it you don't have to worry about the boat rocking when Jesus is in it this is so important faith is never giving up can everyone repeat that faith is never giving up faith is persistent it's diligent it keeps on keeping on but how do we keep on keeping on When every bone in our body feels like it's crumbling and your mind is screaming out, I just want to quit. I just want to let go. Enough's enough. Well, the Bible says, be brave, be strong, don't give up. God brought some of you here today maybe just to hear this one point. Be of good courage, all you who hope the Lord and he shall strengthen your heart amen isn't that a good promise he shall strengthen your heart you know what we need more of we need more of men and women of character we need more of men and women with with compassion and consistency and character and reliability and God says I'm looking for people to use people that don't give up when the slightest problem just comes their way they just keep on keeping on with god's strength and his empowering see great people are just ordinary people like you and i with an extraordinary god and a large amount of determination i love in joshua where god says to joshua he says joshua be strong and courageous read and reflect on my word daily study what's in it and be sure to obey it then you will be successful great people are just ordinary people who don't quit life is a marathon it's not a sprint we need to be consistent with character going into all that God has for each one of us not just giving into what we want or what's convenient for us or just what's comfortable or perhaps what's popular running with the crowd which need to keep on keeping on doing the right thing did you know that those who are right with God those who are right with God are those who put their faith and trust in Him in God has given each one of us the opportunity and he wants each one of us to be overcomers in life he wants to help us get through and rise above whatever this broken world throws at us but let's be real it gets hard at times it gets real hard and i like this in psalm 118:109. 109 it says my life hangs in the balance Some of you might feel like that now My life hangs in the balance but I will not give up obedience to your word What he's saying is that never doubt in the dark seasons in the dark times in the hard times don't ever doubt what God has shown you in the light what God has promised you in the good times. Don't doubt it in the dark times. And some of you right now, you feel like your life is in the balance. You go, my finances are out of control. My marriage is about to come apart. I'm hanging on by thin thread. It's not just working out. I'm having conflict with my parents. I'm struggling with my kids. I'm dealing with illness after illness all these things plus so many others we can say my life is hanging in the balance but the person of faith says but I will not give up obedience to your word I will not forget your promises God God and we need that kind of conviction in our lives for God's dream in our lives. We need to be able to say, God, I believe this is what you want for me and I'm gonna go after it. In Proverbs 24, 16, it says, even if good people fall seven times, they get back up. I like this because it says, even good people stumble. We all stumble not just bad people but good people fall as well we all make mistakes on a daily basis the difference between righteous and unrighteous people is that the good people the righteous people get back up with Jesus help we can all be someone who says I tried that it wasn't for me but if there's something from god and he wants you to be part of do you think he wants us to stick it out do you think that he has the power to help you when you need to really hang in there do you think he has the patience to provide you when you need it most Do you think that He has the love to forgive you no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how far you feel like you are away from Him? Do you think He has that love to forgive you? His promise is to never leave us. When we hang on to His promises, no matter what life throws at us, then we see the fruit. We need to be attached to the tree long enough to see the fruit grow and become ripe. Galatians 6, 9. It says, Let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while, notice there's a delay there. After a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. And in Hebrews, we just read, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 it says let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily hinders our process our progress sorry and let us here we go and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus on whom our faith depends from start to finish And then it goes on to say, so take a new grip. Take a new grip with your tied hands and stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path for your feet. And those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, will not stumble and fall, but they will become strong. If you can't do it for yourself, can you do it for those who are following us, for the next generation, for our children, for our friends? Can we be a witness for others by using God's strength and then allowing others to step into that same life-giving strength? A lot of things in life that you don't have control over. You didn't control who your parents were You didn't control when or where you were born, what your race or nationality or background is. You didn't control your natural gifts or talents or how you even look. There are a lot of things in life that you don't have control over. Actually, the more we try and control things in our own life, the more fragile we become because we feel like we need to protect them. And then when the day they come undone, we lose it. But the most important thing, the most important thing that we do have 100% control over in our life is this, is how much you choose to believe in God and trust in His way for your life when we give control and trust and our faith over to God, we grow in our true identity. Our confidence of who we are is in this. It's in Him. So God works in people who never give up. God works in people who are willing to risk their faith. God works in people who get his dream and go after it. These are some of the things that are our choice. Faith is an action word. It requires us to do something about it. This is our part that we play. God invites, we respond. in a moment I'm just going to share something really quickly from my personal life and in a moment we're all going to get the opportunity to respond we're all going to get the chance to be filled fresh with that power from God that fuel that we all need to help us take the next step so can I just share really quickly how I've seen these four points outwork in my life. Is that okay? I'll just be real quick. Here we go. I was a Christian for a few years, saved in this church here, and and I was filling my life with with wanting to read and understand who this God is. I was running after Him. I was in a connect group. I was reading my Bible. I was journaling. We were keeping each other accountable. It was great. At the same time, we're also in our own business. And I was working hard. I was doing lots of hours, long hours. And after a few years of that, I just felt like God had something more for me. I felt like God had a bigger plan, a bigger purpose for my life. Anyone ever felt that before? I had a stirring inside of me that I wasn't just made for the norm, just to go through the repetitions of life, not to just be another person, but to actually be the person that He made me to be. That he is calling me to a higher thing, a, a greater purpose and plan. And so, this one year, I remember Michelle and I, my wife Michelle and I, we were praying, and because of my my attitude was going, I was losing my attitude. My knees were going, my back was going, and I was thinking, God, there's got to be something more for me. And so, we're on holidays this one time, and Michelle and I were intently praying, and we're saying, God. What is it? What is it that you have for our lives, Lord? What is it that you want for us to do? I feel like I just don't want to be part of the norm any longer. What is it that you have? What is the dream that you have for my life? And we had this great prayer session. and We went for a bit of a walk as a family. And we're walking down the street. A couple of hours later, the phone rings. And a now good friend of mine, Russ Wright, is on the other side line on the other end and he says to me tim i've been praying and asking god who do i invite to come along and join me in some schools ministry doing some schools program with me and your name keeps coming up do you want to join me do you want to be part of something that we're doing over in the schools and i said i'll have a think about it russ i'll pray about it and i'll get back to you I started thinking, that's something I could do. Even though I was willing to risk the failure that went along with that. I'd been out of school for a long time. How do I go getting back into school and and hanging out with teenagers? So I was willing to risk failure. But I wanted God to use me. And so I said yes to Russ. And I went into the high schools. And yes, it was hard. And yes, it was difficult. But it was fun. And it was great at the same time. It energized and invigorated me into life and then over the next four years we continued on I was in the business kept on working in the business and we kept on praying God what is it what's your plan for my life what do you want us to do God is it this what is it God I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do and it took about another four to five years of constantly working in the business doing stuff with Russ in the school Doing stuff in other schools with other people. Running and organising days with youth and young people. Being trained in how to talk or communicate and hang out with young people. How to run small groups in that whole four years. But the whole time I was looking at my circumstances and saying, God, I'm sure you've got something bigger for me. What is it? Then I started hanging out with the guys here at youth, with the then youth pastor and the team. And after a while, of hanging out and doing time with that, I got a tap on the shoulder from Philip Mutzelberg. And he said, Tim, we've been praying about who to invite to become the next youth pastor. And we believe it's you. What do you think about that? And I realized... I realized, I looked back on that last four to five years and all the dots all of a sudden were illuminated. And it was like, oh God, are you kidding me? You've been training and preparing me for such a time as this. You've been building character and strength in me. You've been equipping me with the tools of how to become a youth pastor. And when I stepped out in faith and said, yes, God, I believe this is what you want to do for me and I risked failing and I expected God to use me it's now nine years since I've been youth pastor and through that time I've wanted to give up so many times I've wanted to give up so many times say God it's too hard it's too much surely there's another young person that can do this it's too much God but then I've rested with no God I believe this is what you've placed in my heart and with your strength with your empowering with your ability with your guiding with you in me God all things are possible amen amen God invites we respond we need to ask ourselves am I allowing the power of God to transform my life into that which He created me for. To fuel me up each and every single day to live this life to the fullest with Him day
1: by day. Can I invite everyone?